I guess conflict isn't necessarily bad, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it can lead to handled properly. It can lead to really a constructive place. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you hear the word constructive conflict. Mm-hmm. And I think we'd all say, you know, whether it's at home or in the workplace, constructive conflict can be very good. Welcome to the Resilient Faith at Work podcast. At Focus Center, we aim to inspire, challenge, and equip you to follow Jesus in the vocational dimension of your life. I'm Ken Kennard, and in this episode, we're going to move on to part three of four in this conversation with Greg Brenneman, one of our advisors. Greg has been presenting his four-part framework for thinking about work from a faith perspective. And as we get started, I just wanted to say thanks to our generous donors for making these conversations possible. We really appreciate it. Okay, here's the interview. Well, welcome to the Resilient Faith at Work podcast. I'm Dr. Chip, your host, and I'm here uh, with Greg Brenneman. And among the many things that Greg does, he is the uh, lead director at Home Depot and uh, has kind of a front row seat to that amazing company and consumer, what's happening in the consumer world through that business. And um, Greg and I have had the privilege, or I've had the privilege actually of really a number of conversations with Greg over the years about faith and work and how God uses business, how God uses the marketplace. And uh, we're in part three of a conversation. So we talked about how our work is important to God. That's kind of the foundation of all this. We talked about how work is our platform that God has given us in the world. In this episode, we're gonna talk about this idea that when you're at work, and you follow Christ, it's always a way game. It's always an away game. So Greg, where did this idea come from and elaborate on it a little bit? Yeah, it's uh, uh, it's interesting, but this will resonate, I think, with most of you uh, that, that are out there. So as, as Chip said, the first truth is work's important to God. Second truth is we all have a platform in this world that we need to maximize. And this one is, uh, the third one is that God knows as Christians in the marketplace, all our games are away games. So I'm a big sports fan. I think probably some of you are too. We were and just talking. We were just talking baseball. We were just talking baseball. But um, uh, there's probably the best example would be even football or basketball. And I, I'm more of a college football or basketball fan than a, than a pro football or basketball fan. But you can think about um, – when you're playing at home, right, and the uh, think of a football game, pick your favorite football uh, team. When you're at home, the crowd is completely quiet when the offense is on the field, so that's they can hear the signals or kicking and, a field goal or, or something kicking like a field goal yeah. or, or or kind of any activity, uh, uh, you know, where it's required. And so it's pretty easy for them to operate, and 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 you can do it. When you're on the road, exactly the uh, and and you and the off, other opposing offenses on the field, you're screaming your bloody head off, right, mm-hmm. to try right. and create disruption, right? right? And the same thing's true when you're on the road. Um, basically, uh, you you know it's harder to operate for you. There's a big home field advantage, and uh, and um, as Christians, I think as we go into the workplace, we need to think of all our games being away games. Hmm. There's uh, there's a lot of distraction that goes with uh, with operating in the workplace, and maybe some of you don't know how to express your Christian faith in the workplace, and uh, and um, uh, how acceptable that even is, right? And some of you might be in a work environment where that's not received, you know, in a positive manner. 
Um, and so uh, I just think when we're out there, uh, you know, operating in the marketplace, uh, it's helpful to think of all our games as, uh, as away games. And it's been the case since uh, biblical times. I mean, the world was not friendly towards God. It was always uh, in opposition to God. Right, there's and, a conflict there. There's a conflict there, and that's all back from, uh, you know, the very beginning uh, uh, when the devil was created for that uh, for that conflict and to create that uh, that confusion in our lives and, and still does create that confusion in our lives. And so um, the, the only thing you can almost guarantee during your career is you're going to be tested sometime, right. you know, during your career. When you think back, uh, or maybe it was even recent, was there a moment, what are some moments where you realized, oh, this is an away game. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I don't have a home field advantage. Well, I think I, I think I grew up in a uh, Christian town, right? So it was a Mennonite farm town. There were uh, three thousand people, seven Mennonite churches, and one Methodist church. So we always used to joke we knew where all the heathens were every Sunday morning. <laughs> but but in reality, it was a dry town. It was a Mennonite town. So when I first went to college, uh, I show up at college and um, I go into this fraternity and um, uh, they say, hey, we're going to go get the keg of beer, you know, for the party. Do you want to come along and get the keg of beer? Pretty innocent, you know, question. I didn't even know what a keg of beer was. I'd never been to a liquor store. Um, uh, and, wow. and so, you know, you really quickly, or it wasn't really my career, I was really going from high school to college. I realized that eh, this is probably a different world than, uh, you know, than I at, at You're not in Kansas my, anymore. Not, not in Heston, Kansas anymore. <laughs> anyway, but 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 uh, there was a kind of different world out there with all sorts of different temptations, and uh, you know, it was a bit you know, just a little different than kind of what I grew up in. So that was probably the first time you know I realized that. And then as I uh, you know as you go into the working world and stuff, you realize there's people with different structures, different values, different different ethics than you were kind of raised with or that you kind of came with, and so. It didn't take very long into your career. I mean, the world's the world, so it didn't take very long to kind of realize, you know, this is going to be an away game, and to and to sort of say, I got to figure out, you know, who am I going to who am I going to be? Who am I going to stand for in hmm. this uh, in this world? And uh, you know, what kind of influence am I? You know, imperfect as as I am, you know, and sinful as I am, what kind of uh, influence am I going to try and have? Where am I going to draw my lines? You know. Things, uh, things like that. So I think for those of you at the beginning of your career, it's incredibly important as you write your one-page plan that you uh, that you also include in it, it some, uh, you know, here's kind of how I'm going to try and influence my work environment, and here are the things I'm not going to do, right? And here's uh, how I'm going to influence it, yeah, and, and here's how I'm not going to be influ influenced by it. it. Yeah, yeah, that's a better way to put it, Chip, actually. Yeah, it's very good. But, but – uh, but yeah, it, it's important to kind of lay those. And even as you get further in your career, it's just important to reemphasize those. The idea, like early on, there's different things that you might run into. We'll come back to that. And that well, some elements might be in that plan. But you're on the board of directors at Home Depot. Yeah. Do you feel like that's an away game? Um, you know, I, I love Home Depot. and We have a great board and a great management team. I'd say at the at the corporate level, at that level, um, the the goal for me, right, as lead director, and I think for the company, is to do what I call keep things in the middle of the fairway. Hmm. And what I mean by that is, there's um, we want to sell hammers to everyone. We don't care if you're Democrat or Republican or you're Jewish or Islam or Christian or you know if you're male or female or if you're 
you know, uh, we don't, you know, we just want to sell hammers, right? And that's our, our job is to create jobs by selling products, you know, home, mm-hmm. home improvement products to people. And so as all these social issues wash through the politics of the day, I think the one way we can kind of express ourselves is by, is by serving all of our customers well, right? So, for example, uh, if you walk into a Home Depot, I'll just give you an idea, you'll see these orange aprons, right? It's our Orange Aprons Associates right. that are oh, there yeah. to serve you, right? Been there many times. And um, uh, most of you have, and they'll have some patches that, that might say, um, how many years of service they've had. We have customer service awards that'll be on their aprons, you know, and they wear those with pride and they should. It, it's, they're wonderful people. What you won't see on those aprons is a whole bunch of political statements or one side or the other because we don't allow it, mm-hmm. right? And we fought many lawsuits not to allow it. Interesting. And so that's how I kind of see, um, you know, kind of what I mean by it's an away game, right? Because there's all these societal influences coming at a business, any business, I'm just using Home Depot as an example because I'm familiar with it, but any business, um, and, um, you know, you got to decide what is the purpose of your business and what, you know, how are you going to respond to all of those influences, right? And um, I think it's just important to embrace, air, you know, people where they are and uh, and be respectful of that, but also be respectful of the fact that you're here to serve everyone. Hmm. I think there's some folks out there who would say it's worse now than it used to be. Like it's it's more of an away game than it used to be. Um, are they over indexing on that? What do you you know? What's your take on that? Um, you know, I think they may be right in that there's more issues than there used to be, but um, they also with social media and with the the media having the attention span of a gnat. <laughs> Basically, whatever the issue is today, right. two weeks from now won't be the issue. Right. So I think it's actually, if you're thoughtful about it, it's kind of much easier to, to um, you know, stay core to purpose for your company. Or so we've gone from flavor of the month to flavor of the minute or flavor something. of the minute or maybe flavor of the 15-second sound yeah. bite, right? right. You know, so, so it's just, it, it moves very quickly. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You, you kind of alluded to earlier that there's this, you want to be influential in your business setting or wherever you work, uh, but you don't want to be into, into influenced by it. Like what are some categories you think people should be thinking about as they think about preparing, being prepared yeah. to play an away game every day? Cause you go yeah. to work yeah, every day. day. Yeah. I, I think, uh, for most of us, it's, uh, it's, uh, there's some scriptures by the way you can, you can use, um, hmm. and, and maybe I'll go to those and then yeah, I'll, sure. I'll talk about some examples. So, so, uh, because uh, most issues are not, um, I mean, you got to think through them. Um, Matthew uh, ten sixteen says, "We're sheep among wolves, and are called to be shrewd as a serpent and innocent as doves." So think about that: shrewd as a serpent. So we should be wise, wise, to savvy, sapping, smart, savvy, smart. You know, we should understand how the world works, right? Yep. But innocent as doves. Hmm. That's uh, that's. In my mind, back to uh, Dorothy Sayers and, uh, you know, work is the medium in which we worship God. So what would he have us do in these situations, right? And I think a lot of the intentionality that you advocate mm-hmm. in many different ways is a, an expression of that. Like, we are saying pray about it, yeah. but we're not just saying pray about no, it. No, not just. This, you, de- you this deserves be, thought. This yeah, deserves counsel. counsel. Yeah, yeah, all those things. Yeah, That's and, the wise and, of serpents part. And, and some, some great examples would be, uh, personal examples would be, you know, set your lines early and steadily on uh, 
you know, how, you know, how you relate with colleagues of the opposite sex, for example, set, you know, set some boundaries for yourself early on in terms of, you know, how you're going to re- respond in certain situations, think through them and hmm. have those boundaries set. I used to like to tell all my management teams, nothing good happens after nine. You know, go to your hotel room, call your spouse, basically. But but uh, well, it's but, funny because some of the cleanup work that we are called mm-hmm. in to do, yeah. some of our coaching or senior, our senior people that we were, they were at a bar late at night. Yeah, and yeah. they said things that they can't take back. Yeah, and it's a mess. And it, and it, and it happens over and over and over. It happens again. all the time. So yeah. so those boundaries are really kind of mm-hmm. you know healthy boundaries. Do you uh, think the Pence rule is uh, overkill? It's outdated and. Well, the Pence rule was the Billy Graham rule. It gets derided, you know, sometimes yeah. by some folks. Well, I, I think I, I think you you need to be careful that you you. Um, so, in the positions I've been in, I've had the ability as running a company to influence a lot of careers, right? You mm-hmm. know, and and uh, and so I'm just very cautious to um, try and treat everyone as equally as I can from an access standpoint and things like that. So I think um, there's some simple things you can do. Breakfasts and lunches work really well. Um, you know, if you need to have uh, dinner or if you need to be with somebody of, uh, you know, and, and, and generally need to of the opposite sex, dinners are fine. Nothing good happens after nine. You know, I mean, you can manage that effectively. You That's know, an important point because there is a... Yeah. I know some of my female colleagues have struggled sometimes of feeling like, well, the guys get to go golfing with the CEO, or yeah. they get to hang out, and I'm don't golf. Yeah. And so, so I think that that concern that you just expressed is yeah. I think I think you need to be aware of it's a balancing it act, a, right? Like, so there needs to be some act. boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. They need to be consistent. Yeah, just be consistent and and be fair. You mm-hmm. know, I think be fair. So, uh, uh, but but I think that being shrewd as a serpent and innocent as doves is a is it's a good good, good, good. is a good one. Um, uh, Matthew ten thirty four a little bit later says Jesus came to bring not not to bring peace but a sword. So uh, that's pleasant. Yeah, yeah, it is. But <laughs> but realize that you know it, it it's uh, you know you you're, you're playing an away game and then well um, I, I just on that one I think there is an assumption some of us have um, it probably comes it may come from our childhood it may come from a over de- indexing on some biblical principles of loving our neighbor, what we think that means. But we think that if we're doing things right, there won't be conflict. Yeah. But no. when's that ever true? No, uh, there's there's been conflict since uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Yeah. Um, I can't think of a time when there hasn't been conflict. But he, and even the and, good person who's yeah. doing what they're supposed to be, yeah. there's going to be conflict yeah. around them. And, and uh, I guess conflict isn't necessarily bad, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it can lead to handled properly, it can lead to really a constructive place. Uh, And, you know, you hear the word constructive conflict. Mm -hmm. And I think we'd all say, you know, whether it's at home or in the workplace, constructive conflict can be very, very good. If you never have conflict, you probably don't have a diversity of thought, idea, and opinion in your work life. And and, uh, my gosh, that's so critical to understanding people's perspectives, so. And as Jesus comes into the world and into our lives, Yeah. He changes things. He does. And yeah. that's going to create conflict. conflict. Yeah. It's unavoidable. No, it's unavoidable. And just yeah. embrace it. And, hmm. and uh, I mean, Jesus himself was involved in plenty of conflict. All the time. But he handled it so unbelievably well. And there's a great example mm-hmm. kind of for us. Yep, yep. Hey, 
Hey, did you know that the number one challenge people are facing at work right now, according to our research, is burnout? Yeah. So I wanted to tell you about a new program we're offering called the Burnout Recovery Program. This is going to reignite your fire at work. It has one-on-one coaching, assessments, and a processing tool so you can get your groove back at work. And it's brand new. So if you're one of the first 20 to register, you're going to receive a free assessment. To check it out and sign up and learn more, here's what you do. Go to vocacenter.org slash burnout recovery. That's vocacenter.org slash burnout recovery. You can be one of the first to sign up, fix this burnout issue, and get a free assessment along the way. If burnout is affecting you, don't let it extinguish your flame. Get your groove on with the Burnout Recovery Program. All right, let's get back to the show. And then um, I, I also like to uh, say that God does tell us how to generate a home crowd, hmm. you know, in there. And uh, the verse I like to go to for that is Hebrews 12.1, which says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. So you can almost come back to Colossians or that we started with or to Dorothy Sayers. You know, the purpose of, of work is the medium in which we offer ourselves to God. And um, as you kind of encounter these away crowds... Um, it's it's very valuable to kind of reflect back on your own platform, that one-page plan we talked right. about in the last, uh, last, in last session, yeah. and, uh, and uh, how do we generate a home crowd, ultimately. So at one level, even without another human being, yeah. which is not necessary, but yeah. I'm just, even without yeah. another human being, yeah. God's with us, Yeah. right? We're doing our work for God. Mm-hmm. God's with yeah. us. We're not alone. I think of Joseph yeah. in the Old Testament. That Joseph's a great example. Who's yeah. constantly, yeah. he goes Daniel. from one, one bad away game to another, another yeah. no, <laughs> over and over. Yeah. But it, and, that's, and the tagline was, but the Lord was with him. Yeah. yeah. So God's always with us. Uh, but there's a relational side to this too. And you mentioned mm-hmm. your, your core group of CEOs yeah. for mm-hmm. you that you meet with every day. Or not every day. I mean, every week, and that's that's kind of that yeah. part of that home crowd that you have. Uh, are there some other ways you've seen people develop home crowds at work that you think have been really helpful? Yeah, no, I th- I think uh, I think just developing relationships, true relationships with the people that you work with, having them over for dinner, you know, spending time with their families if you can, um, just developing the camaraderie around that. It doesn't really even matter if you're the same you know, the same faith, the same yeah. ethnicity, the same, I mean, you don't have to be the same. It's also better if you're different. Uh, cause you can, and a lot of my good friends are, uh, of other faith persuasions as well, but just opening that up so that you can have an understanding of each other and have some really, I've had some awesome conversations around that. And, uh, it's always led to a deeper relationship and a deeper degree of respect. And that kind of creates its own home game. Yeah. That's a great, that's a finer point on it that yeah. that, and we've had that experience, especially with some of some folks that my wife has worked with, that they've become really good friends. We talk about some of our faith things, yeah. but they don't share that piece. But it's still like there's an under there's a relationship and a trust there that that kind of transcends some of that. And um, President Reagan, I remember with him and Tip O'Neill used to have a beer, yeah, yeah, right? Like yeah. they used to sit down and have a beer. 
And I just heard um, a, a talk by Antonin Scalia's son. Yeah. And he was the, he was re, the justice chief justice yeah, was chief very justice. good friends with Ruth, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, they were friends, friends. almost. And, yeah, yeah. And it's and we we've sort of lost. We don't know about these relationships, and we've yeah. maybe lost the ability we, to do we it. We should talk more about those relationships because uh, they still exist. I have a lot of those relationships, right? Mm-hmm. And some of my most valued relationships are that way. Um, uh, but uh, I think it's one of the things we can actually take to make that away game a home game is to build those relationships. And I sometimes see people that they're entering into their workplace saying, this is an away game. I'm the only Christian here. Yeah. Everybody here is totally different than me. They're they're kind of loaded for bear, like ready to fight, and it just seems they're not even going into that, entering the space with a with right a health, with yeah, a mindset like yeah. this is going to be a self fulfilling prophecy in ten seconds. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the more open your mind can be, the better it is. And one thing you can actually rally around. So I've stu- I've studied I don't know maybe fifteen major world root views: atheism, agnostic. Christianity, Judaism, Muslim, the Enlightenment movement, Immanuel Kant, the only thing they all agree on is we should give alms to the poor, right? We mm. should help those less fortunate than right. us, right? It's a universally so, accepted so thing. So you have a universally accepted thing, and you have a business, and most businesses really rally around community service. I mean, almost all of them do some mm-hmm. form of community mm-hmm. service. At, at Home Depot, we do it in a bunch of different ways, but building playgrounds is one way. Hmm. So um, if you're kind of wondering how to kind of pull everybody together and how to express uh, yourself together, the one thing you can always do is come up with some sort of community service that benefits those less fortunate than we are, right? And that's a great way to create a sort of common uh, platform to take an away game and turn it into a home game. But I love the I love the the way that you say it, Chip. Which is, uh, if you go in with the wrong attitude and uh, a, a bit of a Pharisee mindset, you can you can create a away game that'll never be a home game, right? So, right. so you know, uh, you can neutralize the away game by uh, by really reaching out to other people and listening to their and respecting their opinions. We just had uh, James Ackerman as a guest at uh, NCS. Do you know James, CEO yeah. of Prison Fellowship? Yeah, sure. Great, great leader. I just had a conversation with James about two weeks ago. Oh, that's so, so funny. Yeah. Um, but he said the first time he went to prison was as a volunteer, and he went with this idea that somehow they were going to bring God into the prison, and he just leaned in and said, but he was already there. Yeah. Even though it's an away game, yeah. he's, God's already there, right? Like, mm. we're not going alone. Yeah. One of my good friends, Pete Oaks, owns a manufacturing company, and he set up a branch of the manufacturing actually in the maximum security prison in Hutchinson, Mm. Kansas. And it's been an awesome way in which he can actually provide employment. We talked about that, that God called us on earth as Christian businessmen and women, actually as businessmen and women, to create jobs for others because it allows us to speak into their lives. But he, he took that a step further and actually took the business into the prison. And uh, then offers them a job, goes in front of the parole board for them, uh, offers them a job when they get out, um, and has kind of created uh, this virtuous circle hmm. uh, that God was already in the prison. Yeah. And uh, But if you can go that next step and create a job, but through creating that job, it, it, it allows him to speak into their lives. It allows him to... Uh, take Christmas presents to their kids, to uh, give them a job when they get out, to go to the parole board for them, 
So it's just a great example of uh, talk about turning an away game into a home, home game. game. Like yeah. it's a yeah. total, total reversal. It's a massive win-win. Yeah, that's yeah. really really good. Yeah. So when I think of this away game idea, I think I just got to put a throw some summary ideas and see if there's anything else yeah. that we yeah. need to say about this in terms of how people can. Our listeners can take this and apply it. So one is just an expectation yeah. issue that don't expect it. I mean, you've, you've been mindset. saying this for years, so yeah. it's not like a new thing that's based in yeah. 2023 political reality or something. No, like that. no. This is this just, is, it's, it's this, always been this way. It's always been this way. And so there's an expectation piece. There's a self, I don't know if protection is the right word, but just like a, a self-preparation Preparation. Piece, right? yeah. Like you've got to have some sense of... yeah. Lines you won't cross and how you're going to handle those situations and that kind of thing. But and also knowing you're not the only person that has great values inside the company. That, I think that's that, true. That, 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 right? yeah, that In most cases, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it could I be a small it, shop that's just all something. But. Almost every case, uh, there will be other people that are grounded in a value structure that might not be identical to yours, but is, is workable in terms of common ground. And maybe a third idea is used sticking with sports is go on offense. Yeah. Yeah. With love and relationship and respect and, and, and quality and initiative. Yeah. Don't go in on the defensive. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, go in, uh, go in with the idea you're going to, that, you know, work is the medium in which you offer yourself to God. And a key piece of that are your coworkers. And we were, I think we were, I don't even know if we were recording at the time, but you said you've had a ch- chances, opportunities to share your faith with lots of people. Mm. Is there, which is where the sort of the, that shift is happening from yeah. away game to home game. Is there is there a particular example that stands out? You think yeah, well, yeah, really special. Yeah, I, I, the one the one thing I've tried to do as I travel around, and this is my most favorite thing to do. So, uh, um, is invite people of different you know that are colleagues or maybe friends of uh, colleagues that you know to just do a dinner basically, mm. and you get about no more than about eight people, but you get eight people around a table where you can hear and everything. And then I'll just ask the question at dinner. I won't set it up to be this. It's just a dinner. Uh, I do this a lot, you know, when I travel in the Middle East. And um, uh, and I'll just ask the question. I said, can you tell me about your faith and your family and uh, and uh, just a little bit about your life, right? And it kind of shocks people because you're at this business dinner and um, you're kind of, you know, asking the question. But people love to talk about themselves, Right. And yep. so some of the most incredible and amazing conversations uh, came out of that. And uh, one time I was in Qatar and we were having a dinner like this uh, and, uh, you know, surrounded by women with burkas and, you know, all sorts of different, you know, uh, faith uh, expressions there. Even further from yeah, Kansas. even further from Kansas. And um, we went around the table and there was a guy uh, sitting next to the guy that was sitting next to me. Uh, was uh, did not want to go, so I, I went. So I was stark because it's easier for everybody else. And we were in, and he was said next. He said, "I don't want to go." Uh, I said, "Fine." Went to the next guy, and they all kind of told their stories. By the time we finished, I look at this guy, and he's got kind of tears coming down his eyes, and because hmm. uh, everybody was very open and kind of how they shared them, themselves uh, in the, and were in the Muslim world. And um, he basically says to a whole bunch of people, you know, these eight other people he knew, he said, I've never told you this, but I'm actually a Palestinian Christian. And one one step further than that, he actually pulls out a picture of himself when he's eight years old on his iPhone. 
And it's a picture of him in Palestine standing next to the school he went to, which was a school planted by the Mennonites where I grew up. That's where you grew up, yeah. In, in you know, as I grew, uh, grew up, uh, which is a small rural religion. There are mm. many of these schools that that's where he actually went to school uh, and came to faith in Palestine. And he was actually going to a Christian church in Doha that met, you know, in the evening in one of uh, in one of the facilities there, and uh, he shares this, and he could not have been more warmly received by the colleagues that he knew that surrounded him at that dinner. I mean, it was like this huge weight came off his chest. Do you think uh, he'd been hiding his but, faith for fear or something? I, I don't know why, but but um, but yeah, hmm. but but so that's just one example of God just working in a. And, and and I still I still talk to him occasionally today. And uh, but it was just the ability to be able to share on common ground. Tell me about your faith and family. Yeah, and that's a great that that'd be a practical suggestion I that's have. A great, is just go out with your colleagues and have easy them. easy question. It's an easy question, and and uh, and uh, people will you know over dinner they like talking about themselves, so they'll open up. Well, you're the third or fourth person who's basically said. Especially as a leader, yeah. in on the way in the away game context, yeah. lead with curiosity. Yeah, yeah. and it opens be, up all be, kinds of doors. Be, be curious. There's a concept called the mood elevator, and the the highest form of the mood elevator, where we make the best decisions. I mean, there's a lot of research behind this. Is gratitude, being mm. grateful, happy, fulfilled. The bottom, obviously, is. Uh, is being depressed, angry. You know, we make ter- afraid. We make terrible decisions when we're in there. But the 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 the, the uh, middle point of the mood elevator is curiosity. Hmm. And even if you're afraid, like frustrated, fulcrum. angry, the fulcrum is being able to ask the question. You know, I'd really like to understand more about why you think that way or why you think about hmm. that. And uh, from a just true point of curiosity, and curiosity is the express button to the top of the mood elevator. And it generally will unlock a kind of amazing thing. So your your comment on curiosity is uh, if you can be curious about other people and then just let them talk about themselves or talk about the position they're taking, I think you'll find you unlock a lot of that uh, away yeah. game. Yeah, I think that flips from away to I mean, well, game you go on the offense. You yeah, win on the road. You go, I guess on, a, you go on the offense. You yeah. win on the road, and yeah, that's what you yeah, want to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, Greg, this has been a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, we're always, if we're following Christ, work is always a way game. So we need to be prepared for that. And we can lead with curiosity and we can lead with relationship building and trust building and we can go on the offense and uh, and win on the road. Yeah. So well said. We'll be back next time uh, with one final truth about work and it has something to do with danger and i think everybody's going to want to tune in and find out what that's all about we'll have some fun yes we will thanks greg hey this is ken Kennard, and before you leave if you enjoyed the resilient faith at work podcast please rate and review this for us this feedback really helps more listeners discover this content and don't forget to subscribe so you ensure you never miss a new episode We'll see you next time on the VOCA podcast where we help you build resilient faith at work.